Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm your radio, radio show! Hello and welcome to the Nile and Nine podcast. It's Nile and Andrea here talking about what's happening in music. Andrea, how are you doing? Hey, Nile, I'm doing good. Happy end of January. Yes, we're happy to get to the end of January, and there's a very specific reason for it, really, because it's just been it's been a bleak month, hasn't it? Hasn't it been a bleak month? I think this this is the first January that had eight weeks in it. Is that right? Did yeah. I that somewhere? So, <laughs> yeah. No, this is it's you know largely fine. Everyone's healthy and all that, but um, yeah, come on, I'm 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 in the mood for a short month, and I'm in the mood for things to start moving in terms of music as well. Um, I want to I want to like get my teeth into into some albums, and it's been uh it's been a bit of a slow month album wise, but as as listeners will see, we do have some news to talk about, which is nice. Well, that's it. I see this time around, I think there's less new music to talk about. And this is the first of our kind of slightly rejigged format. We're not going to be talking about new albums and new music straight away in the in the regular way we did in the past. Instead, what we're going to focus on is some interesting trends and things and topics we want to discuss in music. And in January, while there wasn't a lot of new albums that were released, there was a, a quite a lot of trends. And two specific trends I want to talk about on this episode occurred in the relative quiet of the bleak January that we had. The emergence of two things, all really about immediacy in pop music. So two things about immediacy in pop music. First of all, we had the emergence of sea shanties. And then one of the most viral songs in many, many years released this month. So we're going to get into that. And then you also are going to be talking about something very specific as well. Something that we're glad to see the back of as well as 2020. Yeah, I guess what I'm going to talk about is almost the opposite of immediacy. I'm going to talk about some of the music that uh, Trump has used throughout his presidency and then also in uh, during the kind of inauguration cycle and uh, all of the ramifications that that kind of brought about. Because uh, I think as a 
as a musical president, um, Trump was a very interesting follow up to Barack Obama, who might have been the most musical president. So, um, yeah, just just a little look back at uh, what happened in January in terms of Trump and music, because why not? Yeah. Well, first, before we get there, there is one song that's been dominating a lot of the discourse this month, and it is this. I got my driver's license last week Just like we always talked about Cause you were so excited for me To finally drive up to your house But today I drove through the suburbs Crying cause you weren't around And you're probably with that blonde girl Who always made me doubt She's so much older than me She's everything I'm insecure about Yet today I drove through the suburbs Cause how could I ever love someone else? And I know we weren't perfect But I've never felt this way for no one And I just can't Andrea, do you know the name of that song? That song is called uh, Driver's License. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I heard it. I managed to avoid that song until yesterday because I knew you were going to talk about it on the the podcast. I I sort of thought about not listening to it at all and just having my first reaction be now. But then I was afraid that um, I would have, I don't know hated her or something um but yeah so my, my first reaction yesterday when um when i was listening to it was oh i'm so happy that gen z have discovered on we and they're gonna start writing <laughs> their like big banging sad anthems because up until now no offense gen z they've been extremely earnest and wholesome and i'm i i need a little bit of sadness from this generation and i think this this could be it so uh i I haven't read a whole lot around the whole thing i know it's a big huge phenomenon so i'm very excited to learn from you okay i'm going to explain to you and and the listeners who haven't heard maybe why olivia rodrigo's song driver's license what's happened with this song the key thing here is that this is one of the biggest songs to come out in many many years because of how quickly it went from nothing to the biggest song in the world this song was released on january 8th uh driver's license by olivia rodrigo it is a song about a girl who gets her driver's license and then drives by her ex's house ruminating what it might have been and the heartbreak she feels she's clearly not over him and it's obviously struck a chord to with a lot of people now we're gonna get into why because i actually don't drive um and i don't have a driver's license can't relate to so i felt really (laughs) alienated by this narrative actually (laughs) but you're you're surely you're yearning to be somewhere we're all yearning to be somewhere in this middle of this pandemic when we're i mean i've booked my theory test off the back of this song so thanks Olivia it's all speculative (laughs) but yes as you can hear this song is kind of an artful teenage drama sad girl song wearing a bit of a coat of a power ballad as well so this song is completely blown up in many many ways but uh, it has set a lot of records this is the thing it has set the Spotify record for the most single day streams for a non-holiday song achieved just on its fourth day of release after January 8th 
It had the biggest first week for a song on Spotify and Amazon Music. Olivia is also the most recently born artist to score number one single in the United States. The first artist born in the 21st century to debut at the top spot. And the song reached number one in many, many countries. Australia, uh, Austria, Belgium, Ireland, Norway, Finland, Greece, the Netherlands, Sweden, the UK. How old is she? She is 17. So here's the thing. First of all, the very first thing that explains why this song blew up so much is that Olivia Rodriguez is actually has already already built in Disney ready audience because she is on High School Musical, the musical, the series. Um, so she is on that show, which is a, a, a title I adore. Yeah, a knowingly titled High School Musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> I can't wait okay. for a High School so, Musical, the musical, the series, the novel. The novel. So Rodrigo is actually the latest in a lineage of former Disney Channel actors who pivoted to pop stardom. So that's the first level of why this song took off so much. Secondly, the song is a perfectly perfect amalgamation of the zeitgeist of the moment, really. It's got the intimate vocals and pristine production of a Billy Eilish song. It's got the pop choral bridge of Lord, the relatable Taylor Swift-esque lyrics. It is undoubtedly a good very strong song and sounds like the hit it is. But there are some other things going on here as well. I mean, one of the reasons why this song took off so quickly is because, okay, it's got the Disney audience baked in. It's got, you know, it has, it's it's a great song to start off with. It's, apparently this is the biggest song since Adele's Hello to come out. Wow. In terms of streaming. Yeah. In terms of the immediacy of it. And that mm. is a an established artist debuting a brand new song, a long-awaited comeback. This came out of nowhere. I think it probably helps that this song came out in early January as well, because, you know, nothing really going on this month. And it me- meant that this song just covered the vacuum that was there. Mm. Where did this song become massive? Like anywhere, like the answer is always at the moment, TikTok. TikTok has become a key part of any song, but it's going to go viral on a global scale. It's going to happen on TikTok, right? Mm. So the interesting thing about all this is that with the TikTok stuff, it wasn't just, you know, covers or, you know, people singing singing the song themselves. A lot of it came actually from this thing called the POV trend. So um, this song, it's called Driver's License, written from someone who has the heartbreak. But people have written the versions of this song that are from, say, the perspective of the dude stuck behind in the car behind Olivia Rodrigo in the song or the driver's license itself. So, for example, here is... You finally took the test and got me Just like you always talked about Did well at stopping and at parking Made all your friends and family proud And today you drove through the suburbs But left me lying on I didn't say it was going to be good. I just said that is a whole thing that's happening with it, the perspective, the POV trend. And of course, Andrea, who mm. used the POV trend very obviously last year on an album. Why, I think you might be talking about Ms. Taylor Swift and her Indeed. Uh, her trilogy of songs from folklore, um, which were based around a cardigan in a car. Um and That's right. different perspectives around a love story. Yeah. So there you go. Here we have um, Taylor Swift um, being right bang on trend. Did she spark that trend or was the POV trend? Did that already exist? Mm, on I don't know. TikTok? She certainly could be saying to be part of it anyway. Mm. 
whether she but she was also one of the first high profile people to publicly praise Rodrigo's song in just after release as well. So sure. yes. Okay. So here we have a 17 year old artist based in California who's on a Disney show, high school in the musical, the series, the musical, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we have TikTok virality. What is the next layer of all this? We, we have, well, there's the gossip angle, of course. There's always a gossip angle, a behind-the-scenes drama. Because the show that she's on, which is High School Musical, the musical and series, is mainly watched by people who are actually interested in the, the lives of the actors that are on it. There is extra behind-the-scenes uh, layers to this. So Rodrigo was going out with an actor called Joshua Bassett and uh, they were rumoured to be dating in real life as well as on the show. And they wrote music together that was featured on the show, but apparently they broke up last year. So, and then Bassett... Oh my God, like a real life Troy and Gabrielle. (laughs) (laughs) So Bassett went on to release some breakup songs um, last year. And at the time, towards the end of the year, Rodrigo alluded to a failed relationship on TikTok. And then... The whole thing came, the song came out and apparently an early demo of the song had, uh, that Rodrigo had written, she had put a song up on Instagram, a version on Instagram that said, a line in the song that says, and you're probably with that blonde girl who's always made me doubt. So the, the original demo version of this song is, says a brunette. So mm-hmm. um, why does that matter? Because, I mean, this is the kind of things that people have been obsessing over I mean, over let's be honest song. now, none of this matters. But it does no, <laughs> no, but this is going to explain why it's taking off so much. Mm. Um, so Joshua Bassett, who she was formerly with, was spotted with Sabrina Carpenter, <gasps> who also has a song. She's blonde oh, and who also had a song typical. out. Literally had a song out six days ago called Skin and uh, with some very obvious references to um, driver's license. Uh, one of the lines is maybe didn't mean it. Maybe blonde was the only rhyme. And then on the bridge, Ooh, she burn. says, don't drive yourself insane. Maybe you didn't mean it. Maybe blind was the only rhyme. The only rhyme. Put my heart to be... So, okay, so that's no, why I'm, it's been few. I'm fully invested in this drama now. I'm into it. What, <laughs> See, did, what did you say the, guy, the guy's name was? I want to Google Joshua what Joshua like. Bassett. Oh, okay, yeah. You just put in Joshua and he comes up immediately. I bet he <laughs> looks course. like... Oh, he looks exactly how I imagined him to look. Of course, he looks like a <laughs> Little young teen heartthrob. Look at this boy. Yeah. Bless him. <laughs> All these girls are in songs about him. <laughs> Why, well, I think this is really interesting. I mean, yeah, the gossip angle is one of those things that would have fueled people who were actually interested in this. But maybe what doesn't really explain is why... A predominantly young, maybe female-leaning fan base and how dedicated they are to the show and the song and the people in it Mm. got pushed out into a wider world. So at the moment, I mean, I can't really explain it other than the fact that I can, from what I can see, it seems to just be the song has taken off because it was a quiet January and people actually love the song. It's like, Mm. it's not just, it can't just be explained by, oh, well, they had um, an industry behind them or they had Disney behind them. Because you can have all that as much as you want, but if people mm. don't like the song, it won't have that kind of uh, virality and that kind of listening. Mm. Like right now, in the global top 50 on Spotify, Driver's License has nearly 9 million plays a day, double the closest, uh, nearest one. And this is like two and a half weeks in to the song being released. So mm. it is still can I, going. Can I ask, who, who is she signed to? And do we know what is like Disney's involvement in the rollout oh, of yeah. the... 
of the track because I, I I can imagine her like not not just profile wise, but I imagine it would behoove Disney to promote and get this track as as big as possible um, for the yeah promotion of their high school musical. Well, she's on Geffen Interscope. Okay, so I'm not sure how what, what the Disney link is. I mean, maybe I'm just like. Because I, because I, I'd never heard of her, I'm like, okay, I, I think I'm just old, and I, I, I well, I'm thinking about old, all, <laughs> all these like cogs and things to like push this like unknown artist out, and I'm like, no, if she's really famous on like Instagram and TikTok, that's probably, uh, and also it has to be said, she is extremely talented. She's got a beautiful singing voice. I, I don't know if she had a hand in writing the song, but the song is like, yeah. like you said, it's like perfectly zeitgeisty but also has a lovely melody uh there's a line in it that uh moves the same way as uh when Joni mitchell moves into i wish i had a river i could skate away on um in river and it sounds exactly like a line that she sings in this so it, like it, it's it's kind of linking or uh addressing other well-known songs it's just it, it it's a well-crafted hmm trend machine um and it doesn't sound awful because of it and i think that that's yeah. that's probably where the genius is is that you can fit all of these trends into a song and it doesn't sound absolutely horrible on your ears uh, and it's also like sad and like i said like it's, yeah. it le- leaning into a generational ennui thing that maybe you know lana del rey might have done for millennials but also with the with the gossip thing i'm like I, i'm like is this the Frankie and Eamon of Gen Z? Is this Maybe. I don't want I mean, you it's back? Given, it's given the song life, you know, uh, yeah. on online. It's it's the thing that when you Google the song comes up first mm. in the news and all that kind of stuff about the ongoing story of what's happening and he's writing songs and maybe all yeah. this kind of stuff. Like she signed to Geffen last year. This is her first song, debut EP. It was written with a guy called Dan Negro, um, who was in a band called As Tall As Lions, um, who was produced and written and produced uh, for a lot of artists, including Sky Ferreira, Carly Rae Jepsen uh, and Louis Scapaldi most recently, mm. as long with, along with Caroline Polacek and Freya Ridings, people like that. And uh, also wrote with Phineas as well, um, mm. Billy's brother. So there is some of that in there. Um, jo- Joshua and I can Bassett, definitely hear that. Joshua Bassett is with Warner, so I don't think it's a Frankie and Eamon situation, but I have mm. my suspicion hat on around this whole Well, you know, cycle. it's like any of the Disney, any of the people who have come up through Disney in the in the past, you know, they are interested in uh, multifaceted careers. It doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, if anything, it just maybe signifies that uh, Disney should be starting, should be doing more stuff in terms of music um, these days. And, Definitely. And, and doing a label themselves. Do, but, do they have a label? I feel like they should have a label. You, you would imagine they do, right? Yeah. You, I feel, you imagine they do. May, but uh, maybe they it's not an obvious one. Yeah. They they should one hundred percent have a label. That's it would be insane if they didn't. I think they mostly release yeah. their soundtracks through. I mean, they're uh, they're obviously co- huge in like artist development, but that seems to be mostly in TV and and film. So I, yeah. w- I wonder. Universal are the distributor for for Disney records ne- necessarily. Mm. So that's kind of okay. how it works. Cool. But there you go. That is um, uh, the uh, behind the scenes uh, story behind why Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license with an S at 
the end because it's the American spelling, um, actually took off this month. Um, and we still don't really know. But I think ultimately, I honestly think it comes down to the fact that the song is one that people are really chiming with. They really like the song. I think it's... Do you like the song? Um, I see. I definitely... It's repeated on me a bit. I definitely got stuck in my head a bit after listening to it. Um mm. I definitely appreciate it for yeah. its, how it's constructed and its songwriting. Um, I don't think feel like I am the target market, but that's okay. No. But I also, the other thing about this, like, I wonder what the demographics of people who are listening to this is like, you know? If that song is taken off so much, is it just a youth um, demographic that's listening to this? I can't imagine it is. Well, I, what, what I find funny is that, like, I... I follow a lot of music people on on Twitter and with the exception of yourself and Sean Cobina, I didn't really see anybody um, yeah. talking about this. And I follow a lot of pop critics as well. So I wonder now, I wonder if that's just my timeline or if, if it is a kind of a, an age bracket thing or a thing where people who are using TikTok and are embracing TikTok who might be a bit older um, might just come across it more readily because um, otherwise I it, it wasn't shoved in my face at all. Well, certainly it does seem to be, I mean, that's the true uh, morality of this song. Mm. It is, it, for me, the marker here is how quickly it took off within yeah. four or five days. And that's highly unusual, even a song, um, one of some of the biggest hits in the world usually can take uh, up to a month to really take off. Yeah. I, actually, you're finding now that songs take longer and stay around longer than they ever did before yeah or or if not they just drop off after a week Mm -hmm. now later on we're going to be talking about something else that um is happening at the moment that kind of feeds into that kind of idea the idea of of immediate immediate hits and uh, certainly tiktok virality but in the meantime think we can talk about January 2021 in music without talking about the thing that I've become a little bit obsessed with, which is how Trump has used music in his politics and how completely tone deaf he manages to be. Um, and it just kind of set me off on this kind of wider spiral um, about the music of, of the 2020 election. And yeah, as, as we say goodbye to Trump, I guess it's, it's probably a good time to talk about it. Um, I mean, music is is a really important part of electoral politics in in the US. We we don't have the same system here. Uh, they don't have the same system in the UK. I can't really think of another country in the world that uses music in, in, in the same way that presidential uh, and leadership candidates do um, in, in, in the US. It can, and, and I think that's, that, that is a big thing to do with um, rallies and gatherings of people like sometimes when you look at a rally in the US or like the DNC or something it can look like a gig it can look like a festival which is which is just very, it, it's very american um but you know the the songs that you use throughout your campaign they can either subliminally or obviously 
inform people about candidates, about their policies and their values, even before they even get up on the stage and start talking to you about it. And I think how representation across race and gender and genre um, can tell you a lot about a candidate. Um, And I think Trump, (laughs) instead of, I guess, considering all of these things, like he it was not so much a consideration about the messaging of his rally music as he pointed towards his stack of CDs and said something from that, I guess. Um, and that's kind of the music that he's been using. So, I mean, over the course of his presidency, even like going as far back as his 2016 campaign, he has been fighting battles with artists against uh, who, who were against the use of their music at his campaign rallies. Um, in at his inauguration in 2017, January 2017, uh, the music was really thin on the ground. And I mean, if, if you compare it to this year's inauguration, completely different. Like people were jumping at the idea of performing at Biden's inauguration. Um, and the likes of... Yeah, you remember at the time how he was, the narrative was he was struggling to get... He was... Some- he was really, really struggling, like the likes of Elton John, Celine Dion, Kiss, Garth Brooks, who we saw um, at the inauguration this year, uh, doing a wonderful um, version of, what did he sing again? He did Amazing Grace. Um, and it was great. Containing um, the crazy. Yeah. And uh, did you see he forgot his hat? He like walked back up the steps and then he ran back down. It was a good moment. I enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, all the, those artists as well, as they all refused to perform at uh, Trump's inauguration uh, and were all invited. So it gives you a sense of the kind of music that he wants to identify with. So then as the 2020 election drew closer, he was music using music at his campaign rallies um, that was causing some kind of legal issues. And I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get onto that, but he was just kind of plugging in the aux cable and pressing shuffle, shuffle on his like fucking iPod or whatever he uses. Um, but it's really interesting because technically, as long as Trump's campaign pays the proper licensing fees for the music that he uses at his rallies, he's legally allowed to pay to play whatever he wants. So there, there's tons of artists coming out saying, don't use my music at your rally. I don't support what you're doing. You're a pizza shit, etc. But as long as he pays the licensing, there's nothing these artists can do. Are you do. saying he is paying the license? Because I always believed yeah. he wasn't. Um, as far as I can tell, I, I haven't come across anything that suggests that he's not paying the license the licensing for the music that he's continued to use. I think there was a few legal issues early in his presidency when he was doing some rallies or sorry, early in his uh, first campaign um, where he was using music that were, that wasn't licensed and he got in trouble for that. So as far as I know, he's okay, but it's a very interesting um, legal issue in the United States um, where you as an artist can't say no Trump can't use this music because I don't agree so, with his politics I have a question there about that like mm. is it like the publishing rights or is it the public performance rights that you're paying it's public performance rights right yeah, yeah. so that would be like the equivalent of paying Imro here precisely outdoors to play to play music exactly if, so it's not licensing for a specific song it's licensing to play in in a outdoor public space exactly so if you take neil young for instance um in terms of trump he trump has reportedly 
a longtime fan of Neil Young's music and Rockin' in the Free World has been a mainstay at his rallies all, all throughout his presidency. But Neil Young has voiced opposition to the use of his music on Twitter, but to, to absolutely no avail. And it's interesting that Trump just just doesn't care. Like he it, it, it doesn't bother him that musicians don't want them don't want him using their music um and he doesn't care about the politics of the musicians that he plays um and neither it seems to his supporters um so neil young said imagine what it feels like to hear with this on twitter imagine what it feels like to hear rocking in the free world after the president speaks like like it's his theme song i didn't write it for that um now, I uh, I found this brilliant, wonderful report um, that was uh, collated by the New York Times, which broke down the presidential uh, campaign candidates in 2020 and the the music that each of them use on their kind of heavy rotation list for the 2020 election. Uh, so like it's 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 everyone, even the the kind of smaller guys. Um, mm. But I think the Trump, Biden, Harris, Budabeg and Sanders ones are particularly interesting. So Biden, for example, was perfectly divided between black and white artists, which which is a kind of which reflects the campaign that he was running. Um, he was. He was running a campaign that was inclusive of black people, Latino people and people of color. Um, and he it, it it was clear that he wanted the the playlist to reflect that. Um, mm. Pete, uh, Buttigieg, Buttigieg, I'm not actually sure Buttig- how to. Buttigieg? Bu- oh, Buttigieg. There we go. I've never actually said it out loud. Pete Buttigieg. I who I who I like a lot. Um, he really leaned into like the youthful theme, and and his <laughs> his like walk on song was a Panic at the Disco song, which is really interesting. Uh, Bernie Sanders interestingly did the worst um, in terms of gender breakdown. Um, all but one of the artists on his regular rotation was male, um, but he had a good breakdown in terms of white artists and people of color artists and one of his uh, or his main um campaign song was Brooklyn Go Hard by Jay-Z. Um then Elizabeth Warren her primary song was 95 by Dolly Parton which reflects her kind of wor- working woman's politician vibe. Um Kamala Harris her playlist is dominated by black and latino artists and they were the votes that she was really really campaigning for so that makes sense um and she really leaned into like classic funk and soul and gospel pop and her walkout song was work that by uh mary j blige so trump's playlisting throughout this is and in 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 this report is unsurprisingly overwhelmingly white and he he really he opted for the big hitters the big anthemic middle-aged white guy music with like the big punchy we've all seen the dance we've seen the dance like that you know the it's big punchy choruses that keep his rally goers and supporters really riled up while they wait because sometimes you know you go to a trump rally you know now you go to a trump rally and you're and you're, you're waiting for hours for him for him to show up and um you know, you're not wearing a mask and you're hanging out with your friends and everything's good. Make America great again. Um, so we're talking about the songs like Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor, We Are the Champions by Queen, Rockin' in the Free World by Neil Young. These are songs that are kind of played on repeat that have become 
signifiers of of the Trump campaign to the dismay uh, of the artists themselves. But I think among his playlists, there's a few kind of interesting choices that some people noticed. Mm. Um, so New York Times critic uh, John, John Parallese, uh said this, which I think is great. Uh, quote, panacity, high drama, self-congratulation and top 10 familiarity, preferably all at once, are clear requirements for the playlist at Mr. Trump's rallies. They're oldies with a swagger, including surprisingly gay swagger. The default sentiment is combative self-confidence. The default sound is a Marshall Blair, end quote. So basically he's playing huge gay anthems and I don't know that he knows that that's what he's doing. Um, so I, I, on January 6th, I tuned into the live stream um, of his rally in Washington, uh, after which you might remember, uh, he called for insurrection, led a riot to the Capitol. Um, but I, I didn't know this at the time. I was just tuning into the rally to see what he had to say. And it was a really long wait to put it mildly for him to like come onto the stage. And there was, you know, it was like a couple of thousand people that I could see. He came out on the stage and started saying that the, uh, the media won't show you the 20,000 people that are behind their cameras there, turn the cameras around. And it's like, okay. Um, but I could see a, a, a couple of thousand people there kind of gathered in front of the stage, various degrees of maskedness, waiting for hours and hours for Trump to turn up. And it just looked like the world's most boring festival stage. And it sounded Including like a wedding page. DJ. Um, yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh yeah. We probably should have mentioned that this week, but, and I remember one, one of the songs that kept playing was Elton John's tiny dancer that was played more than once. I think that was played three times. Um, and then YMCA got a really strong reaction from the crowd as well. And then of course his use of macho man has been kind of causing some side eyes as well, given that it's, maybe the gay anthem and was kind of written to be that. Um, so of course it all kind of came to an end the day of the inauguration and his sad departure from the white house in a sulk of macho petulance. Um, when he told his supporters to quote, have a good life. We'll see you soon. Uh, <laughs> before flying off in a helicopter to YMCA and, uh, Gloria. By Gloria. That's by fine. Laura Brannigan. Oh, sorry. By, by, uh, yeah. Um, so Which I, is a banger and it needs to be taken back. But it was a really surprise. I remember I, I tuned in to watch that and just hearing that song, I was like, what is that song? Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. What's playing that for? Absolutely mad. choices. Yeah. So and, I, I, as it stands right now, um, Neil Young, The Estate of Tom Petty, The Rolling Stones, The Estate of Leonard Cohen, these are all seeking legal avenues um, after they initially denied permission for Trump to use their music. So I'm not sure where that stands in the great loophole, but I am going to look into it more. Um, so I'll, I'll hopefully have an update later in the year when all of this goes down. Um, and then, yeah, by Trump. Good luck curating a playlist of your favorite songs whose artists haven't publicly expressed their hatred for you. Hopefully it'll be the last time we have to hear him play those songs because, I mean, Gloria by Laura Brannigan is a great song. The other one you mentioned earlier to me was Credence Clearwater Revival, Fortunate Son. Yeah. Who, um, you know, John Fogarty from the band was asked to explain why he thinks Trump was using that song and in his description said, 
I don't know, he's in his helicopter hovering over a big crowd. It's like a scene out of the Vietnam War movies. Maybe right. he sees that scene in his head, even if it's completely cuckoo. Because that's yeah. kind of the only explanation you can have for using songs like that. He just sees himself in an unsubtle, um, strong way that yeah. is not anything close to reality. Yeah, like he, so. he can listen to a song like Macho Man and take it at the most face value that you can possibly take macho man which is this is a song about a macho man like he looks at the village people (laughs) and is like oh what a nice cop what a nice (laughs) like i don't i remember who else is in the village people a fireman is there a fireman in the village people Um... what is it it's a a cop a native american a who else is there like a doctor cowboy there's a cowboy oh a Cowboy. Is yeah. there a cowboy? Hold yes, there is a cowboy. Um, what's the Native last American. one? This is a, a good, military one. Like an army kind of guy? Construc- construction guy. Um, the construction guy. Yeah, so he looks yeah. at those and and he's like, Oh yeah, this is the kind of masculinity I'm looking for. And it's like, oh, Donald, honey, we're actually trying to subvert that. Um yeah. but yeah, but that's that's it, that's exactly it. He he just sees himself as the hero in an action movie. And yeah. uh, it's really sad. It's sad exclamation point. But um, I, as far as I know, his uh, his uh, hearing starts this week. So watch we'll the see. space. We'll see. We'll see. Um, um, I guess we'll... the last time we have to hear um, of him for a while. Yeah, it's... I'm certainly had enough of. Him. I'm sure everyone else has as well. Me but, too. Um... And I mean, then you then 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 you had Biden um, at the inauguration. You know. Um, this land is your land, uh, an incredibly um, political song about equality. Um, Jennifer Lopez speaking in Spanish um, and throwing in a let's get loud in the in the middle of the song. Like it, it was it's just, you know, it's different. It's different now. And that's good. <laughs> and of course, the New Radicals re- reforming. New Radicals performing um, at the, the later um, kind of virtual inauguration parade, which was a really odd experience to watch. Um, but I did, I really enjoyed them. And I also, I'm a big fan of like marching band music. Like I'm a huge fan of marching band music. So inauguration day is, is really big for me. Um, <laughs> as a fan of that kind I of I know stuff. how much you like homecoming. <laughs> I, I, and I mean, that was what, like, you should have seen me when I first watched homecoming. I was like, oh my God, you've got a marching band. Oh my God. I was really, really excited by that. So uh, yeah, bye Trump. Hello, Biden. Um, hopefully he has some good music moments for us over the next four years. Uh, and, uh, at the very know, least. But, you know, sign the Green yeah. New Deal. Do it. As I said at the top of the show, there is another phenomenon that's been happening in January and it started last year. And I'm sure you're aware of it because I had sent you, well, I sent you a message about this 
whole thing. Uh, to, to, to which now. I responded, Niall, get that away from me. <laughs> I, was, I was not f- f- ready fair. to engage with this. <clears throat> the phenomenon of sea shanty music mm. taking off online <laughs> in December and January in a way that I just can't fathom. And we're going to try and we're going to I'm going to tell you a story about one of the artists who's. Um, so the man getting the most visible credit would be starting yeah, this phenomenon of singing old-timey a cappella sailor songs is a 26-year-old musician, Scottish postman called Nathan Evans from Ardree near Glasgow, whose solo versions whoa, of old whoa, songs whoa. went viral on it. It was, it was a Scottish postman who started this. Are you joking? Well, you should have opened with that. I would have been well on board. <laughs> I don't know if he started it, but he's certainly getting the most visible credit because... Okay. As things stand, as of this week, um, as we talk, um, he his song is poised to take over uh, from Olivia Rodrigo at the top of the charts because uh-huh. that's how much this has taken off. <laughs> so uh-huh. that's where we're at. But I'm going to tell you why, uh, what's been happening, and why. So why, why sea shanties? You might say, why, why? Yeah, I mean, why, that's a very good question. Why, why sea shanties? <laughs> There's a few things at play here. Again, TikTok is at the center of a lot of this. TikTok uh, debuted a duet feature, which allows people to sing along with someone else's TikTok. And that has meant that the acapella versions of old songs, old sea shanty songs has been really taken off in that way to the point where it's really snowballed the idea of sea shanties and people singing at home. Obviously, most people in the world right now are not allowed to leave their houses because of what's going on in the pandemic and there's a lot of lockdown countries. And because of that, there's a lot of people maybe taking to the idea of something old timey, something old fashioned and uh, something that you you don't need an instrument to play. The solo intimate nature of a sea shanty song is something that maybe in the way that a lot of us in the last year have sought comfort in this pandemic in our favorite old music or movies. Maybe there's some form of escapism happening here that maybe we don't quite understand if we're not into it, but but it allows people maybe to forget about COVID for a while. So then you have this very also, particular, very we're strange. All, we're all landlocked right now, so we're not getting yes. out to sea very often. That's that's, that's my that's my theory. <laughs> you don't you don't go swimming in the sea down no. out by you know. Um, no, no okay. it's January. <laughs> TikTok's duet feature has really snowballed the trend because people have been uh, doing covers. The one song that's been the most prominent is one called Wellerman, which is a sea shanty about whalers awaiting a resupply ship owned by the Weller brothers in the mid-1800s. And Nathan Evans, who I mentioned at the top, is one of those people who has uh, covered that song. Here is what he sounds like doing it. To see the name of the ship was a belly of tea. The winds blew up her bow, dipped down below my belly boys blow. Soon may the willow man come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take her leave and go. She had not been two weeks from shore and down on her. Okay, it's a very simple thing. It's a very simple song. It's a very simple thing that people can replicate themselves. That original video now has over 10 million views and led to a lot of more people actually adding and remixing and duetting with it as well, which is another phenomenon that has happened. You know, people adding harmonies and different kinds of things to it. Side, her and fodder. When she died, the low hooks 
Soon may the weatherman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. There's been loads of those versions, loads of people doing uh, remixes of remixes of remixes, so copy and paste kind of vibe. Uh, and it's really spread uh, throughout the whole of TikTok to the point where after, I mean, he pointed, he put that video up on the 27th of December originally. Now, he wasn't the first to, to cover Wailer Man, but he was seems to be the most prominent pe- person. Um, he has since been featured in videos where he duetted with Ed Sheeran and Andrew Lloyd Webber did a duet with him on TikTok <laughs> as well. Of course, yeah. Lloyd Webber is getting his little paws on this. Of oh, course. Typical. Um, the whole thing is that, you know, Nathan Evans is an original musician himself. He doesn't just write covers. He doesn't just sing covers. He has original songs that sound a bit like this. I don't want to wait forever Baby, come on, take my hand Just don't ever sing never Give me a chance to be your man Okay. <laughs> Andre is wincing in the corner there, which is fine. Capitalizing on the Scottish brogue singing sensation Lewis Capaldi. It's not a very good song, that. It's not a very, it's pretty standard kind of, yeah, we're doing. He has covers up on Spotify of Vance Joy and Codaline. He has that kind of singer songwriter troubadour thing going on. Fine. He do, he do so, really well on Irish radio. Yes, so he probably will. Um, <laughs> which brings us back to what happened next. Nathan Evans. Uh, then signed to Polydor for a three-album deal, and as of time of recording, three is about albums. to go to number one. I'm, and it's funny about that, like the whole three-album deal. I wonder if it is actually albums these days, or did they sign people for like big releases, like singles and stuff? Because three albums, mm. like, do we really want? I mean, I'd sign them for like a three series of is, singles, is maybe three years. Like that's that's a really yeah. long time. It's going to be twenty twenty four. By the time yeah. the third one comes out. I mean, the world might have ended by then. Uh, out of curiosity, what, what what is the single that's about to go number one? Is it is it that that one you just played there? It is the one. It, so it's a re-recording of Wellerman, which sounds like this. So it is the Shanty, but, okay. Sorry, we're not finished yet because oh. the official audio sounds like this, right? Soon may the Wellerman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take a leave and go. Okay, and of course, that is not the end of the story. Because he signed to Polydor, here is an example of the immediacy of what's been happening around TikTok and sea shanties. There is a remix of this song by artists called 220 Kid and Bill and Ted. Uh, which debuted on UK radio on Mr. Jam's Capital and Dance radio show 20 minutes after the remix was finished. (laughs) And it seems to be that that song, that version of the song, is the one that's going to go to number one. So not the Wellerman one, but possibly the remix one, right? So, so I'm sorry what I'm about to do to you. Who's capitalizing on that? Who's who's earning? No, this is this is Polydor releasing a remixed version, an EDM-ish version of. So I'm going to play a bit for that. Yeah, okay. (laughs) 
Wait, 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 you have to hear the accordion. That's absolutely what genuinely one of the most harrowing experiences of, of my life is having that into my <laughs> noise cancelling headphones. Does it remind you of anything? Um. Oh yeah, the the time I read Dante's Seven Circles of Hell. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> that was awful. It might remind it you of some awful. of the country dance trends music we had about 10, 15 years ago, perhaps the cheesy dance kind of stuff. Maybe. Uh, a song like this, Avicii's Wake Me Up. Remember that? Now, remember that song, the Avicii song, Wake Me Up. Yeah. That is kind of the vibe that we're coming back to here suddenly. So but, but you might it, be, doesn't it just sound so dated? Um, yes, but like, I think there's clearly the reason that this is taken off is because there's some comfort in this uh, uh, all the way through. And, and the EDM name one comfort remix, in this. Not from us personally, <laughs> me, myself or yourself or anyone probably listen to this, but there's clearly people who like this kind of stuff and it's working for them. And the sea shanty vibe is working for them in, in terms of the, uh, you know, pure escapism of it all. And obviously what's the mess, lo- most logical next step for, for a major label and that's released the dance remix and the EDM remix and that is the one that we just heard there so yeah a disturbing trend overall I just I just but, think you know this is why we can't have nice things the the sea shanty trend absolutely. on TikTok it, ju- it just seemed like good clean fun people were talking about sea shanties lovely people were listening to and performing old melodies that people for generations haven't heard of people in demographics that would never hear it and then some big label comes in, makes the laziest remix of it, and then just pushes it out like it's a tin of beans. I'm I'm so angry about this. That was genuinely <laughs> so awful to hear. And now this poor fella is going to have to sustain a career for three albums. What? Well, like, he's going to try. He's going to try. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> it's, early, it's it's very early days, but yeah. let's. And what's the, of course, what would be the next national next step from uh, a good, clean um, trend that would happen is the next logical step is actually a parody, right? Right. So I heard a parody of Wellerman today and I'm going to play this for you because uh, I got a bit of a kick out of it. This is uh, the Welsh comedic uh, rap group. Goldie looking chain and um, doing a song called Last Well End, which no is about yes, which is about <laughs> Paul Weller fans and the Mod Father's haircut. Okay. There's a type of person that you see with a haircut that's pure comedy. You see this man in every town and he wants to be Paul Weller. 
alongside Burns with a flat fringe twice as funny when I saw one that was a ginge stuck in the past and he loves dad rock cause he wants to be Paul Weller so here the Weller man comes you can't stop laughing when you see one spent all his money at the hair salon trying to look just like Paul Weller had the same haircut since he was 18 bought a coat in the sale at Pretty Green he cried all night when Oasis split and he wants to be Paul Weller Thinks he'd look good driving a Vespa But he looks a bit like a child molester Watching Quadrophenia three times a week Because he wants to be Paul Weller Alright, oh, yeah. <laughs> so there oh, is uh, what's been happening this month in music I'll give a little bit of a side note as well Like I said, you know, um, Evans, Nathan Evans isn't the only one who is capitalised on this trend who's, who's doing this on his own There's different offshoots, different songs, different uh, chains of songs And one of the duet chains is... Uh, has four people called the Weller Man who are Johnny Stewart, Bobby Waters, Aaron Sloan, Luke Taylor, and then Sam Pope who joined them. They have actually uh, put together a cover of Wellerman as well, but they're doing it to raise money for the UK-based Marine Conservation Society. And this is the funny detail in all this, is that they actually asked Evans to collaborate with them on their version, but his mailbox was apparently so overloaded with uh, with uh, interest that he never got back to them, so he didn't see it. Um, snubbed. And Stuart Absolutely from the snubbed. Group, Thinks he's too snubbed. good for them now because he's got a yeah. free album deal, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see what's happening. We're... And he, Stuart said, told a local newspaper, we're trying to do something similar, but not the same. We're focusing on the collaborative nature of the music. It's not hard to imagine this sea shanty rivalry that could culminate in a kind of an anchorman style showdown where two sides uh, from the commercial side and the uh, charity side are singing sea shanties at each other somewhere on a dock. What I'd like Scotland. to see happen is everybody who's involved with sea shanties just wade slowly out into the ocean and have it out there. Leave me out of it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so cynical. The amount of my friends who've sent them to me and they were like, no, it's really wholesome. I'm like, I just can't get over the cynicism of all of it. Just get it away from me. I just can't handle yes. it. I just like to put a full disclaimer in that I'm not enjoying any of these things <laughs> at all. But I do find the story absolutely fascinating. It is fascinating. And I think, you know, something that's something going to just take off so quickly mm. and all of a sudden it's everywhere and then... And like by next week, it'll all be over, presumably. It's Uh, genuinely the oldest I've ever felt. (laughs) It really is. Well, the songs are older than anyone. So at least there's something. Yeah. 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 Um, Let's talk about some music that we like this this month. Okay. So that seems to be fair. fair. So I'm going to let you begin on some music we heard this month that we actually liked. Um, So I I guess probably the biggest release, with the exception of, um, of, uh, I was about to say Taxi Driver. (laughs) What's it called? Driver's License. <laughs> <laughs> uh, taxi Driver is my version of the song because I can't drive. Um, uh, is uh, Chemtrails Over the Country Club by Lana Del Rey. So uh, after releasing her magnum opus in 2019, uh, Norman fucking Rockwell, Lana Del Rey has come back with her first single and artwork uh, for Chemtrails Over the Country Club, her new album, which is going to be out later this year, I think in March. Um, wait, March might be wrong. But um, I'll no, check I think that. You're right. I think you're right. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And in a kind of a typical you tried fashion, uh, she released a really weird statement about diversity, which is basically, oh, some of my best friends are rappers. Um, and I think it's just it's 
we're getting really close to the final nail in the Lana Del Rey coffin of somebody <laughs> please take her social media accounts away from her. But anyway, the new track is great, actually, I think. Um, I wasn't enamored by the video. I actually found the video really distracting and and strange and odd and I didn't enjoy it. Um, I thought it detracted yeah, from, from what is a really great song. But I think that this, the new track... Um, it showcases her best qualities as an artist, which is simple stru- song structure, almost but not quite over the line, kind of kooky, weird lyrics. Um, and then this, like I said earlier, this generation-defining sense of ennui and uh, dramatic Hollywood levels of hopelessness, um, which I do really like. So, yeah, I'm excited for 2021 Lana Del Rey, uh, whatever okay. form she decides to take. Great. Let's hear a bit of Chemtrails Over the Country Club. Made you for coffee at the elementary schools. We laugh about nothing as the summer gets cool. It's beautiful how the state normality settles down over me. I'm not bored or unhappy, I'm still so strange and Okay, that was Lana Del Rey, Chemtrails Over the Country Club, uh, my song this week. Well, actually, first of all, I have an album that's coming out uh, this week to recommend, and it is from a London-based, well, normally London-based artist, now based in Dublin, apparently, a singer-songwriter called Anna B. Savage. The album is out on City Slang um, this Friday, that's 29th of January, it is called A Common Turn. Um, a very unique uh, artist in the way that she sings, a kind of a quivering vibrato voice. Um, and generally, her songs are about very vulnerable, intimate topics. It's kind of folk-rooted music, but not folky. Uh, there are twists and turns and the very tense and dramatically held rhythms in her throat. And I have been listening to her album, which is a common turn, finally the debut album out um, this week from Anna B. Savage. It is kind of suiting the mood of January which is generally quite uneasy anyway um, and it's very much an exploration of somebody's inner thoughts and very um, close and candid intimacy it can feel very reflective and sometimes that can be a lot um, when you're when things are a bit odd but it, I think I do find it quite fascinating I think it's a really great album probably it's been a quiet month for albums we had Bicep mm. last week which I'm a little bit disappointed by it's very safe um, very little else that really uh, album-wise took me at all. But this mm. one out tomorrow, I think is really uh, great. Take a song called, uh, there's a song called, called Baby Grand, which comes with a video. Um, so the story is a true from her life story about an uncertain relationship that pulls you in. It's basically about her and an ex and the kind of camaraderie or pull they have for each other even when they weren't going out. And um, they ended up writing, uh, co-directing a short film about their relationship and uh, telling a bit of that um, so that is the song that came out last week I'll play a bit of that now We lie side by side under the baby grand We listen to spice then funeral then the sun rises You catch my eye Reach out a hand and 
me on the forehead nap time you said you rest your head on me under the baby grand I am frozen it's so familiar you've fallen asleep I hold my own hand and stay as still as still can be after the records ended you've created this moment just I think it's just affection But I didn't drink much because I can't be certain I can't be certain Okay, that was Anna B. Savage. The album is called A Common Turn, out tomorrow, uh, Friday, January 29th on City Slang. So do check that out. Funny, what reminded me that, to listen to that, was a tweet that I saw of herself. I think I must follow her on Twitter or somebody retweeted her. She just moved to Dublin, funny enough, um, which is, you know, post-Brexit. It's the first time we mentioned that word this year. Uh. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there could be a lot of people doing that. I mean, Dublin isn't the cheapest place in the world to move to, but I can imagine why people would from London or otherwise might, uh, or the UK in general, might want to move suddenly. Um, so, yes, there you go. She's now based in Dublin because she talked about going to see the work, going to the Workman's because she's oh. doing a gig there, apparently. Whenever gigs come back. And Bisabi is going to play there at some point. So what about your song? What's your next song? So my next recommendation is an artist I talked about a bit last year called The Weather Station, uh, a.k.a. Tamara Lindemann. Uh, She has a new song called Atlantic. Uh, This is the third track from her upcoming album, Ignorance. Um, And yeah, her her track from last year, Tried to Tell You, quickly became one of my most played tracks of the year. It's one of my favorite songs of the year. So I've been I've been really, really excited um about this album coming out. And like Lana's album, it'll come out in March, I believe. Um and in this track, Atlantic, we get a bit of a glimpse into the themes uh of the forthcoming album, which is kind of based around climate climate crisis, anger and despair, but with a kind of an uplifting lilt and maybe a, a, a hint of hope um there's a really great interview with Lindemann by Alison Hussey on Pitchfork that I read today um so if you want to get hype about the album I recommend uh reading about that but yeah in the meantime Atlantic by the weather station is another recommendation for me this week what a sunset
That was the Weather Station song is called Atlantic. And the album, what is the album called, Andrea? Uh, Ignorance. Ignorance. I believe. So ignorance out. Yeah. It's soon. Um, okay, uh, my next choice is from FK Twigs. She what? came back this week. Yes. I didn't uh, know. FK Twigs. Yeah, she has a new song out with Hedy One called Don't Judge Me. Um, apparently has an album on the way, recorded in lockdown. And uh, it was recorded with El Guincho, who did a lot of stuff with Rosalia uh, in the last couple of years. Um, so, well, I don't know. Like, there's a great video out for this song. It is kind of a, the song itself is a extrapolation, maybe, or a next, uh, a different version of an interlude that she had on the Heady One album last year. Um, so it was an interlude version of this. This is a more fully fleshed out version of the song, but really great video as well. And, um, you know, FK Twigs has been through a lot, obviously, in terms of um, her personal life in the last couple of years, whether it's getting surgery on for crippling pain caused by fibroid tumours on her uterus, or then last year, just in December, we found out that um, Shia LaBeouf was, she is uh, suing actor Shia LaBeouf for, uh, his actions in an abusive relationship, sexual battery, assault and infliction of emotional distress, all detailed in full in an article that is well worth a look just because if you didn't think that somebody as um, powerful and um, with full of conviction as FK Twigs could be um, controlled by somebody, think again, um, it is, uh, I think it is a real eye-opening thing for a lot of people maybe if they have not seen that. Yeah. But she's back and she has a song called Don't Judge Me and it sounds like this. Being black, being in front of hood and 17 is powerless. The only changes when you get yourself a heater. I don't know why me and them upper started beefing. Do I blame me or the Willie Lynch theory? Born in the gutter, no work, my choice to be here. Funny how both my parents done the most to be here. We can walk free, but are we really walking free here? How can this be home when I feel I want to flee here? I can't trust the police force and I can't trust the media. Learn more about my people from the streets than from my teachers. There's been a million speeches. No justice, no peace, cause we in pieces. Officer, am I allowed to breathe here? I didn't choose to be me, so why discriminate me? Paranoia got the gang that rolling with it lately. Think I know they're gonna run up in my crib and take me. Rest in peace, Mark, you're forever in our prayers. No more betrayal, we need permanent changes. So we can move forward without turning back pages. No more feeling like strangers in this world that we live in. Ah, Lord forgive them. No more betrayal, we need permanent changes. So we can move forward without turning back pages. Okay, that's FK Twigs and Heady One. The song is called Don't Judge Me. It came out yesterday. Uh, Andrea, what is your next choice? Uh, my next choice is uh, from Tune Yards. The song is called Hold Yourself. It's the second single from an upcoming album called Sketchy, uh, which will be Tune Yards' fifth album. Um, 
And yeah, I really like it. It, it kind of it, it centers on her vocals, uh, Meryl Garbus's vocals, that is, um, as she kind of talks herself through ideas of responsibility and care, both personal and political. Um, another album that's going to be out in March. March feels like it's going to be a big month, actually. Mm. Um, this is out yeah. on the 26th. And yeah, I'm, I'm always really interested in what Garbus kind of has to say. Um, I think that she she tries to do the work and she tries to dig down into her personal politics and where she stands in that and co- correct some things that she might've held to be true in the past. Um, so I'm really interested to kind of hear what, what the kind of music she's been making during lockdown sounds like, um, or during 2020, during the election, during the pandemic, during the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I think she's just, she's a, she's an interesting voice who has a lot to say, um, and hold yourself is a good indicator, I think, of what we can expect from the album. Okay. Here is Hold Yourself from Tune Yards. Yeah, Junior's song is called Hold Yourself, my final choice this week. Oh, I'm actually going to give you a choice. Give me one or two. Pick one or two and I'll I'll pick the song because I have two songs left and I was like, I'm not sure which one to pick. So you can determine which one oh, I'm going to play. Oh, number one or number two? Uh, two. Yes. Okay. Okay. So what you didn't pick was uh, Serpent with Feet with Fellowship, which is a beautiful song I heard about friendship this week. What you did pick <laughs> is Fontaine's DC oh, Soul Wax Fontaine. remix of A Hero's Dead, <laughs> which I actually think is just a great remix. I did give you choice. You didn't know what the outcome was. But look, <laughs> I I really like this. This gave me a lot of joy this, uh, this month. I think this is a, a very fine remix of Fontaine's. And uh, look, thing is, Soul Wax never do a bad remix of anyone at all these days and uh, here is what they sound like uh, remixing the Fontaines Don't get stuck in the past Say your favourite things at mass Tell your mother that you love her I go out of your way for others Sit beneath the light that seats you and look forward to a brighter future Life ain't always empty 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 really ain't all about luck let your demeanor be a deep down self and don't sacrifice your life for your health when you speak 
speak sincere. I believe me, friend, everyone we're here. Life ain't always empty. Life ain't always empty. Life ain't always empty. Life ain't always empty. I'm going to shut that down because uh, I can't hold Andrea's attention for much longer. <laughs> but look, that's, that's I like it. Um, so I selected that one. Sure. So that's all of our music for this month. Yeah, exactly. Uh, cool. Well, what else has been consuming you this month, Andrea? Uh, any other business? Uh, I'm going to go through them really quickly. Um, film, Promising Young Woman. It was really great. It was a really fun time. I loved it. Great soundtrack. Best use of Stars Are Blind by... Paris Hilton I've ever seen in cinema. Um, books, I've got two. Um, one is uh, The Push by Ashley Audrain. Uh, really great thriller, suspense, kind of psychological drama uh, that centers around the idea of what it is to be a bad mother and a bad daughter. Really, really enjoyable read. The other read um, for the romance re- readers out there, uh, of which I've recently become one, is uh, Beach Read by Emily Henry. Um, it's just feel good, absolute joy, fluffy novel that is um, very, very sweet and good. I read it in about 14 hours. Um, then TV show. I've been watching Frasier. Classic. Oh. Um and podcast yes i do have a podcast uh i was listening to an episode of reply all today that i was really enjoying um i'll get the name of it now um in which the presenters write a song about um climate grief um as just a, a, a really interesting lesson uh it's called a song of impotent rage um from reply all which is one of my favorite podcasts in the world anyway so that's my any other business this week very good <clears throat> and is fraser is fraser problematic going back to it or is it like no no um i mean not really there there was a couple of um kind of transphobic uh jokes that we kind of saw a lot uh, around that time in media which are really unfortunate mm. actually going back but but no, like largely, I think Frasier has been, I mean, besides that, not to discount that, like that's not great. Um, but no, it's not, it's not really the same as going back to something like Friends. Um, it's just, okay. it's the best TV show ever. And Niles Crane is my husband. <laughs> okay. My, my movie that uh, springs to mind when I think about what I've watched this month, I've been mostly watching older stuff. Uh, what Lies Beneath with Michelle Pfeiffer and... And uh, Harrison Ford, I've been threatening to watch it for two months and I finally got around to it. Uh, very enjoyable. Um, if you're looking for a good, uh, depending on your level of spook, for some people it's quite scary. <laughs> for others, not at all. Yeah. Um, but then it's, uh, it's great. It's great. It's great. I would enjoy that a lot. Um, and then Gaslight, the original, the film from 1944, I think, which is where the term Gaslight comes from. Mm-hmm. Basically, I watched two. Two of my highlights were Gaslight movies. One, which spawned the actual word Gaslight, which features uh, Ingrid Bergman. And um, who else is in it? Um, why have I just... For- Angela Lansbury is in it as well. Um, a really good movie. And uh, What Lies Beneath, also kind of about gaslighting. Um, my book, uh, Patrick Frayne, Let's Do Your Stupid uh, Idea. I've been um, dying book. to read That's that. It's read. been on my yeah. shelf for a while. Um, I keep meaning to get around to it. Yeah, 
absolutely right. Really, really good. And I've also started reading An Unsung Hero, The Story of the Seaman, Tom Crean, um, which I hope to find out if he did indeed sing sea shanties back in the early 1900s. We will find out. Mm. Uh, as for TV shows, there's a few things I could think of, but I think the main one at the moment is Call My Agent, the one on Netflix about the French um, casting agency, actor agency. Mm. Um, just really easy watch, uh, nice thing to delve into in January, and uh, I can recommend that. Um, in terms of podcasts, uh, there is one called from the BBC called Ecstasy, the Battle of Rave, uh, which I could recommend, which is about um, the rise of uh, drug uh, culture and ecstasy in particular in uh, around uh, the north of England in the uh late 80s early 90s and how that came about and um what else have i been listening to that i had in my head there um oh i mentioned in our podcast episode there about um these song explode sorry not the song exploder um switched on pop mm. version switch on pop did a, a whole episode about uh driver's license and why uh it works as a song going into the musicology of it i may have said um, song exploded instead of switch on pop earlier on but it Ooh, is a switch a, on a, pop, an amendment uh, section on the on the podcast yes. this is new for 2021 <laughs> this is new apologies and amendments i have no other apologies to make <laughs> excellent uh i apologize to everyone i've offended uh people who like tiktok fontaine's dc um uh, the sea shanty guy uh trump I guess uh, I don't. I don't apologize to him, but uh, yeah. Sorry, everyone. Happy New Year. Well, that's it for our podcast this week. Thank you all for joining us. Um, it's patreon.com forward slash nine or nine if you want to throw us some money in terms of showing your support because that's the best way you could do so. Also, andrea.andreacleary.substack.com yeah. um, is where you could find Andrea's personal writings and newsletter. Um, so do sign up to that as well and you can pay for that as well um, and that is it uh, I think in the next while we're going to be doing a good will we, will we talk about anything we're going to do no, no, no. Mm-hmm. let's keep it anyway, secret keep your yes, secrets we'll have some we've some special episodes coming up in February and March um, so stay tuned for that and in the meantime uh, we'd love to hear from you as well so um, do drop us a line, uh, Niall at Nile09.com or Andrea at Nile09.com. You can say hello to us. And uh, in the meantime, we'll be back in the, uh, the next couple of weeks. And uh, Andrea, thank you very much. Thank Bye. you, Niall. Bye, everyone. Bye.